What's up, everybody? It's your boy. Today I'm joined by Michael Stein. Don't wear it out. Welcome to the show, Michael. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. You, you wanted to know about nightclubs. What? Why is the theme of your uh, um, Discord? Is it lot? You know, definitely more about nightclubs. No. Okay, not like what? What's the theme of the show? A lot of shit. Just anything <laughs> that I I am curious about, and then you know, because you could always learn something from anyone, and it's every everyone has experiences they live through. And they got some weird, wacky stuff they've lived through. So, you know that, like, that's what I like to know. I like to go into the the deep, nitty gritty stuff. Well, first of all, let's uh, tell the audience about yourself. Uh, my name is Michael Stein. I do a podcast called Long Shot Leaders. We tell the story of underground uh, underdogs uh, who have found success. Um, I used to run an underground nightclub, um, so I started a, a business to make my own movies. And that business turned out to be a, movie, uh, a business that's made well over $100 million and been very successful. And I've had a lot of ups and downs and turns since then, but uh, luckily, uh, more successes uh, with that company and succeeding in entrepreneurship. And that's uh, pretty much the Reader's Digest version of my story. Okay. Well, let's get straight to it. Nightclubs. Well, nightclubs, yeah. Night, when, yeah. So when I did stand-up comedy, I, I needed to make money. And I realized I brought a lot of people to do stand-up comedy. So I was 19 years old. Um, the first business I tried was when I was 18. It was a tool business. Don't ask me why. That's, and I failed miserably. So then I started promoting nightclubs. And within six months, I became the number one nightclub promoter in my age bracket in Los Angeles. And I did very well with that, uh, making um, parties for movies like the Batman movie and some of the biggest uh, movie uh, nightclub uh, parties uh, out there, 4,000-plus people. And then eventually... I, uh, did uh, a documentary on the rave scene, the history of house music and raves around America, and wrote, directed, and produced uh, a documentary on that, and uh, had a lar uh, long career in nightclubs, but left it all to become an, an actor and a filmmaker. Okay, okay. Do you think that was, like, a good choice? Yeah, I do, you know, because that was my real passion, was to be an uh, a, a actor and a filmmaker um and uh and i you know you've got to burn the boats sometimes so i uh burned the boats and i decided that's what i was going to do and uh you know it was a, a long haul you know it was i i wrote directed and produced uh an award-winning uh short film called rituals resolutions which got bought by hbo and did really well uh made the second pass a live action short for the academy awards but didn't you know got me a lot of you know you know meetings and uh, close to a movie deal to make my, one of my movies for my own screenplay with the uh, Trimark Pictures, but it just didn't turn it over to a movie deal. So I said, screw it, I'm gonna make my own movie, you know? And uh, the only problem was I was broken in debt. So I said, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur again, like I was when I'm in the nightclub business. So I'm gonna do something on the internet, you know, cause that's, you know, that's I just wanted to do anything on the internet at that point. And uh, I started a company which has nothing to do with Hollywood, and it did really well, and it was uh, successful. It was selling um, tarps and outdoor supplies on the internet. And within six months, I had enough money to make a movie with Academy Award-winning actress Faye Dunaway, Andy Dick, Coolio, who's a rap artist, really crazy cast, and a lot of other names we've seen. And uh, shortly after that, I was 
wrote, directed, produced, and acted in a film. And uh, it got, you know, won some awards. But uh, by then, I was like, my trajectory of being an entrepreneur was being so was successful. So I said, I'm going to dedicate my time towards growing this business. And uh, that's where I've been ever since. And we've been growing ever since. Nice, nice. So would you say, you say that you're growing, right? So, but yet you're here right now. So would you, would you label this as growth? Oh, well, I, when I say we're growing, like my business is growing. So um, I left, you know, my, uh, I'm not growing in, in my filmmaking career because that's been, you know, I kind of put that aside to be, you know, my entrepreneurial career, which has made a steady climb and continues to climb. And, um, you know, I want to build something, you know, very big of that. So um, I decided to uh, just take that route and grow that into hopefully what will be like the next big, you know, uh, branded product that you've heard like Yeti or Dr. Squatch or, you know, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, you know, some like very exciting brand that it just blows up that you that becomes a household name. And that's what I'm driving towards right now. Mm-hmm. Trying to be a household name, trying to get in my house. I mean, have you heard of the uh, the brand Yeti? Yeah, like the microphone. No, no. Well, that's no, that's that's a different company. Yeti's like the Yeti Yeti coolers and those mini mugs and all those guys. It's a two billion dollar a year company, so we're we're trying to totally sell out and uh, and uh, be that that guy, and um, and then. Uh, you know, after that, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go back into uh, filmmaking again or stand-up comedy. But right now, it's entrepreneurship. There was a uh, big hurricanes that came around, like you know, about ten years ago, and uh, Hurricane Katrina. I was actually long in that, and uh, I bought everybody out in the whole country of these tarps. And by the time next year came around, I bought everybody out again. So I became known in this industry. This uh, this from an entrepreneur. They called me Hurricane Mike, so I was like, you know what? That was always my dream: is to be like the calculator kid. I'm not that guy, but I'm, I'm at least I'm the Hurricane Mike in this industry, you know. And uh, and uh, that was a consolation prize. But uh, yeah, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be three things, and nothing's ever changed: an entrepreneur, a stand-up comedian, and an actor. And uh, right now, entrepreneurship—you would think that would be the hardest thing uh, to be successful and make money, make a you know, do well with that. But actually, uh, I've, that's, I've been more successful as an entrepreneur than I have a stand-up comedian or an actor. But that's where I spend most of my time. So, but because if you're a successful entrepreneur, you could eventually be an actor. You could eventually yeah. be a stand-up comedian because you could do it. Money actually can't make you happy. You have to be happy first to make money. But actually, it sure is a hell of a good vehicle to get what you want if you you know first. Right, right, right. Yeah, you kind of sort of have to be. A charismatic person, I feel like, to be a good entrepreneur, to be able to sell things to people. It helps. And you need to be an entrepreneur in these days. You need to be an entrepreneur, uh, be somewhat of an artist. What do you find cool? Well, cool to me, the first thing that comes to mind, ding, 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 is confidence. Somebody that lives in a stream of consciousness and that's confident. Somebody has uh, has let themselves, you know, be free of confinement, socially and mentally. Somebody that is totally um, 
who are almost 95% uninhibited. You got to have some inhibition, you know, otherwise you go totally wacko and running around the streets naked. But uh, I think that uh, it's important. Uh, it's an important component. Uh, coolness. If you look at everybody I think is cool, Andy Warhol or Jack Nicholson or just people that are the, the archetype of cool. Right. They, they, they're over in a, uh, their inhibitions. They, they have, they're, they're free. And that to me is pretty cool. So they're like free. They're not afraid to be themselves or locked. Contained. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 I see, I see. Free. Okay. Yeah. Like you, 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 you seem like you're emotionally free. I mean, you gotta be emotionally free to wear a banana outfit. Oh, this isn't an outfit. I am a banana. Is that? Wait, that. Oh, that's not an outfit. Wait, is that a superimposed on the Zoom or the? No, the, this uh, is. This is. I am a banana. You are a banana. Yeah. Now, when did that happen? Birth or when? When did the this well, metastasize? No one's made. No one's born a warrior, right? So it's always you have to be made. Something has to have happened throughout your life. Well, that. It was about a year ago in yeah. October, Halloween, 2021, went to the store, yeah. saw this beautiful, beautiful thing. And I just, I just transformed and I never looked back. How much, since you, since the store, how long you, how much do you wear it? I wear it a lot. I, I, <laughs> it, I can't, it's like, you know how snakes shed their skin? Well, I don't do that. Yeah. Okay, this is a part of me, forever. So I either oh, have to live with it. And and what do you? What is like? What do you? What did your friends start to say in the beginning? I was like, "What the heck, Jordan? What, what's a banana?" Yeah, what <laughs> you wear a banana costume? That I mean, they they weren't like weird about it. It was just like, "Haha, it's it's Jordan again with a banana costume." Oh, whack, wacky Jordan, you know, like. That's just me. I'm just random. And I don't know, like, they've just accepted it now, you know, as they should, as I, as I do as well, you know, like. Have you ever been pulled over in the banana outfit? No. No. I mean, you know, license and registration, please. You know, it's like, you know, you know, banana or McLovin, you know. Yeah, yeah, McLovin. No, I feel like this would be like a road hazard. Feel like it would legitimately probably block someone's view. Where was the most contrasting place you went with banana outfit? I mean, I guess just just university, like so far in public, you know. I bet you get good grades. You know, it's if I put my mind to it. Yes, yes, I yeah. I do. Now, have your teachers or you know? At the university, have they have they said anything about the banana outfit? Yeah, they're like, I mean, they they love it. You know, I don't know why. I guess it's just so random. Like, it's yeah, like I guess, student. haha, it's funny. But like, this is me. You know, this is a, this is a part of me now. You just have to accept it. You know, you think you think this is a costume, Michael. You think you think this is an interview? No, this is a dream. Okay, you're sleeping. <laughs> this isn't real. And we're in limbo. I'm starting to go there now that you say that. So, 
And what are, like what? Are, uh, how about mom and dad, or do you talk to them? What, what do they say about it? Oh yeah, my mom thinks it's, it's so stupid. It's like, what, she, what did she say? Uh, it's what like she say? when I put it on and showed her, she's like, "That's it. That's." I'm just she. She wasn't even like, like, entertained by it. She was just like, okay. She was just like, that's lackluster. It's like whatever, you know. My dad is like whatever too. So. I'm just like big deal, you know. This is who I am, okay. You do, you just gotta accept it, you know. Like, I'm gonna keep going with the banana, banana. This, this is my conquest, and only I can go on this path. I think you're onto something because you have that kind of chutzpah where you know it just do what you want to do. I think that's cool because you're gonna, you're gonna. What are your interests? Like, what do you? Are you working on something right now? That what do you? What What's your trajectory? Do you have a, Do you have a plan on what you want to do in the future or? You don't have to. Well, I think before I started this podcast, I wanted to be a graphic designer. But now mm-hmm. that I did start this podcast, I want this podcast to just soar, soar past everyone. I want, I see Joe Rogan up there, you know? And then I'm like, banana will we'll go over that in the future. Oh. And what would the mon- would you would you go under Jordan or would you go under Jordan mode or what do, what would banana what what would what would the moniker be? I would just call myself uh, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. And just Jordan would be just just the banana thing. Would would there, would there be more backstory with the banana thing or no? <laughs> I mean, it's just banana. It's Jordan. It's with just a banana. banana. You just banana. have to Jordan accept it. You know, like, okay, if I one day have a TV show and then they have to write an intricate plot line or, you know, background info, then maybe. But for now, I just, it's just a banana, you know, like, I don't ask anyone why they're born, you know, they're, they just are the way they are, you know, like animals, you know? No, I, I agree. I, I accept that. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think if there's like a, also a deeper meaning, like, you know. A consciousness level of like you know, the movie being there with Peter Sellers, like you know him being Chauncey Gardner, you know, like is it is there a deeper meaning there, or is it just simple? You know, as simple as I just want to, you know, I am a banana and that's it. Or is there a deeper metaphor there? Um, have you seen it? There's a great movie called Being There. I don't know if you've seen it, and it's uh, it's uh-huh. about with Peter Peter Sellers, who's a, a venerable actor. And uh, it's an iconic movie. And he's just a gardener. And he says, I'm Chauncey the gardener. And they think he's, oh, Chauncey Gardner. And he says, all he knows, he's like an idiot savant that knows about gardening. And they ask him about, they think he's, because he was doing the garden in a politician's, became friends with this very prominent senator. He said, he says, well, the spring will come and the sun will shine. And everybody thinks like the man's a genius. He's like, he must get his ideas from Kierkegaard, from existentialism, and he's got this great mind. But actually, no, he's just the gardener. So is the banana, which is the banana thing, or is there like a deeper metaphor there that we're that I'm, you know, searching for? I was about to call you Chauncey, my bad. Okay, Mike, Mike, Mike. So the, 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 the banana, the outfit, or I don't know why I called it an outfit. It's just part of me. So basically, the banana. I guess it, if you had to think about it on a deeper level, 
It represents being free. It represents the fact that I like bananas. It represents not being afraid to be yourself and setting an example for all the the weird ass people out there who are too afraid to do their own thing or, you know, or to start a business or to start a podcast or to make music even. I want you to go out there. I want you to to do your own thing and not care about negativity or don't overthink it. Just do it now. And if you keep it up, if you don't give up, you will reach a point where you will talk to Michael Stein and tell him why or what the deeper meaning is to your work. I see. I like that. That's good. And then also, I think you were, you were touching upon, like, why does it have to be anything? It's just, it, it, why do I have to give it a label? You know, that was, that's, that's another message, like, you know, um, representing uh, no labels because people are going to question, you know, what's up with the banana outfit? It's like, it just is what it is. You could actually give that very Zen-like answer, you know, it, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> but it, yeah, I just thought I'd find out about it. I find that very interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, you think you're funny? Uh, no, I try to be, but I strike out quite a bit. But, okay, so would you say <laughs> that you are naturally funny or no? Well, my natural, uh, what I grew up, you know, that's how I, like a survival mechanism. So my, when I was like a basket case as a kid, Either make fun of myself or make fun of you know anything that I could just to try to like get a a laugh you know because it was the only thing that you know really worked for me and um, that's basically you know a knee jerk reaction like every you know if somebody will say you know like drops a glass automatically a comedian will think you know you could just put that anywhere you know and that's like a thing that a comedian will say but that's automatically like you know like you know so. I don't know if I think I'm funny. I think I, I think I swing a lot, you know, just naturally. I just go, I just constantly swing and swing and swing. And it's just a natural thing to where you just, you know, it's a a state of mind, you know, and I think uh, hopefully I bat 600, maybe six out of 10. You know, I know I don't bat a thousand. I don't think anybody does. Um, But I know that I swing a lot just because it's in my nature and uh, you know, it's just a hobby and it's been a lot of a way of life, you know, for me, gotcha. you know, since the beginning. Okay. So it's like you swing that way or you swing that this way and then eventually it'll hit. It's like, it's like a wide net over the open sea. Sometimes it just, we'll get in a philosophical. I'm also, you know, uh, inquisitive, you know, I was like the hyper inquisitive kid too. So I would just go there with a, trying to find out more about, you know, you, I guess that's why I do a podcast because I'm just interested in talking to people. Good. You're curious. Constantly. I mean, like, like right now I'm like wondering, first of all, where are you at? What does your mom, dad do for a living? What's in that couch back there? Like, you know, I'm like, uh, my brain just doesn't be constantly, you know, like, you know, where are they from, you know, and all that. Actually, where, where, can you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Uh, About where, like where I am? In my yeah, yeah, where are you at right now? Yeah, so you're in the basement. I, you're, you're I'm in Florida. I am in a basement. Oh, yeah. Someone just knocked and rang the doorbell, but I don't really give a shit because I'm doing something right now. 
Um, my parents... I just had neighbors come over here as I was talking to you. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just saw them walk, like, drive away. I was like, sorry, I'm doing something, too. Yeah, literally, like, I live in a quiet suburban neighborhood, okay? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm privileged yeah. as fuck. But as a banana, okay, I, I, if I focus my attention on something 100%, no one is distracting me from accomplishing the task I am currently doing. It doesn't matter what is happening. doesn't matter if it's an important thing. Unless my family is in danger. I, okay, they just left, so that's good. They, I, I will not do that thing that I just got interrupted for. So, but yeah, my parents, they're, they work at a restaurant and I'm here. What kind of food? Uh, Chinese. Oh, are, are, are they Chinese? Are you Chinese? Yeah, I'm Chinese. Chinese. I was born here. Citizen. Pretty cool. You know, I am an expert on Chinese food because I'm Jewish. You know, I don't know if you know the correlation between Jewish people and Chinese food. Do you I know about no that? I have no idea. <laughs> you, never heard, you never heard of that? Yeah, I mean, Ch- Jewish people, it's a joke. If you ever watch a Woody Allen movie, it's like, oh, it's a joke. Like, Jewish people, like, I grew I ate more egg food young than Mao Zedong. I Jewish people love Chinese food. That's a thing. You can look it up. <laughs> yeah. I bet your parents know that. I mean, they're at the restaurant in Florida. Are you kidding me? They probably got more Jewish patrons than they do Chinese patrons. That's like, that's a fact because okay the reason for that the be- reason why people or Chinese people don't usually eat at you know quote unquote Chinese restaurants in the U.S. because the Chinese food isn't actually Chinese it's Americanized Chinese food the real authentic Chinese people Chinese food that Chinese people eat is in China so yes like so yeah I I believe that there's more Jewish patrons for sure for sure. I just have never heard that correlation before. So that's interesting. Your parents, you know, ask your parents when they get home and, you'll, and they'll say, hey, I was doing a podcast. And this, this guy that thought he was fun, funny, he was saying that Jewish people like, like uh, eat a lot of Chinese food. And they're like, it's true. And I'll tell you why, because I looked it up online and there's a whole, because like for years I was wondering. And then basically um, during the holidays, like, you know, when it's Christmas or whatever, all the Jewish people in New York, like 100 years ago, they didn't have anywhere to go. And the only places that were open was Chinese restaurants. So they would go get Chinese food on Christmas and other holidays that were, you know, all the restaurants are closed. Plus, there's a lot of vegetables in uh, Chinese food. So uh, the Jewish people that were hardcore back then, they were keep kosher. And vegetables are automatically kosher. So you can get a lot of good tasting vegetable dishes. And that's why Jewish people love Chinese food. And I, I we used to, I mean, Every Jewish person I know growing up, at like you know, at least once or twice a week, we eat Chinese food. I, I get it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, better ingredients, yeah. better uh, Chinese food. Am I right? So, yeah, I mean, it's t- they it tastes good. Now, the modern Jewish kids, like uh, when I say modern, like you know, like nineties, two thousand, they like sushi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sushi went out. Do you like sushi? I freaking love sushi. And I love Chinese food. <laughs> but I was, that's we I was born on that. It's like it's just inherently, I don't know what it is, but it's just uh it's been a thing, you know, my whole life. Yeah. I mean it's just everybody good. You, you know, it, it is, it just is good. 
you know, even my daughters, I will take them there. And she's like, let's go get either Chinese or Japanese food. She's like, they, you know, when they, they know how to make vegetables taste good. That's the, that's the trick, you know, how we, you know, it's good. It's amazing what you could do with sesame seed oil. I've always like, I've, I've seen my dad cook like so much Chinese food because he, he used to work, be the chef uh, at my family's restaurant. So I'd be in the back, just watch him, just putting all the ingredients, cooking it up, stir, stirring it up, you know, she's flying in the air. And I'm like, whoa, holy, holy crap. It's so cool. Yeah. It's dying sport, man. I mean, it's like, they don't make, they don't do it like that anymore. And it's, you know, I was, I was just talking, there's a top 100 Chinese food place. I'm not, I'm from LA, but I moved out to a, a north of the Austin area in Georgetown, Texas. And there's a Chinese restaurant out here right by the Dell, the, the computer plant. And uh-huh. they got top 100 Chinese restaurant in the United States. They're literally amazing. Been to New York, been to LA, San Francisco, China. I've been, uh, you know, I've been to China, which is weird because I purchased products from China for the past 20 years. Long story short, it, they're, they're amazing and they're, they're notarized. And I went in there and he was by himself. And I was like, you know, cause it's hard to hire people right now. And he's like, don't, don't you have anybody where he's a hard to find people. And I said, don't you have a son or daughter? You're going to learn this trade. He's like, they don't want to learn it. It's like a dying trade. It's a dying thing because it's, this amazing cuisine is going to be forgotten unless somebody gets taught what mom and dad, what grandma and grandpa taught them. Sucks. You're speaking to my heart, Mike. I oh, are you? It's like, yes, it's a dying trade because, I mean, we don't want like. I know I'm generalizing here, but I, I don't want to really carry on that trade because cooking is not my passion. I I went to culinary school. That shit sucked. I my chef. My head chef, he was like Gordon Ramsay, except some fatter and like older. It didn't make sense. It was like we're high school students. Why are you yelling and throwing shit around? It was just so nerve wracking. And that at that moment, that like whole experience ruined anything culinary for me. So I was like, there's levels to this. And I, I don't want to I don't want to cook. I don't want to like do this whole thing. I'm not I'm not. This is. This isn't even Hell's Kitchen, and I'm not even being paid for this, you know? So it's like, and plus there's a difference between a cook and a chef, you know? Like, I've, I've learned that um, a cook, which my dad is, he just cooks uh, whatever's on the menu and stuff. He does the same thing over and over, right? But a chef is, they, they keep learning cuisine. They, like, they keep learning new uh, food to make because there's always something to learn. And I'm just like, this isn't the life for me i can't i can't do this the mom and dad want you to be in the restaurant person they just don't they just want you to be happy and do whatever you want oh no neither so basically my parents they they understand that that being in a restaurant business just like as a cook or a waitress it's like they don't want that for me but at the same time it's like they want me to go to college to pursue like a uh, get a degree, like something traditional, like stereotypical, be a doctor or uh, go into business or, or something, you know, something that they think w- will make money. But, you know, like at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm too creative driven. 
you know i just it's just not for me so it, it's like a hard it's hard to find a balance really to juggle all these variables together and it's like because i don't i don't know what my future is like it's i'm so uncertain but yet you know day by day i'm just doing my thing hopefully you know i'm just hopefully it gets better you know I don't know. I got a big, strong vibe off the banana thing. I don't know. I think that uh, you should. Uh, I got. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised in like you know four years from now. You're like, hey, I remember Jordan, the guy you with the banana. Thing. Yeah, he's doing this now. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. I mean, now, nah, yeah, I, I, I am excited for what's to come because I, I think I'm just getting started, and yeah, we can only go up from here. Awesome. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. I said, is there any uh, parting things you want me to kind of cover before we uh, part ways? Right. Do you want to do a rap battle? A rap battle? All right. Sure. Go ahead. What do you want? You want me to do a rap? Yeah. You battle. Want I want you. So basically, we insult each other's pride while coherently rapping. God, I can't freestyle, but I can give you a rap right now if you want one. Okay, I'll created. go first. So, all right. All right you go first. Actually, no. Oh, my God. Freaking. I wrote something, but now I don't have it. Okay, so I'm going to freestyle this. All right. Mike. All right. Michael Stein, you're way past your prime. I look at you with your old, frail body. It looks like you're out of time. You have a dry-ass wall right behind you. You work on really old films, but really no one here to remind you that it's 2022. This is the new era, the, the age of the young folk. You are just getting too old. <laughs> Michael Stein. Nine. Nine lives. You are not a cat. You gotta go scat. Skadoodle outside somewhere else. You're not getting any hot. Not by a long shot. That's it. That was nice. That was good. I wasn't prepared to get bagged on. But, uh, <laughs> I'm more self-deprecating for myself. I say, yeah, this is Michael Stein. Yeah, you're right. I am at a time. I'm older than dirt. But, you know, let's not flirt. Hey, look, man, I'm, you know, I keep going. I'm just, you know, but I'm not dying, but I keep on trying. Like my jokes that don't work, but I keep on, you know, flying. <laughs> I just can't, I can't freestyle. But do you want me to do, tell you a rap that I, I did create for the movie Love Hollywood style, older yeah. than dirt, but, yeah. uh, you know, can't hurt. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, from the character um, Montel Meshuggah, who is the cultural phenomenon, black, white, Jewish, African-American, he was a symbol of civil rights, but he was also became famous for being a rap artist. And he uh, wrote a song, a rap song, something like this. Boy, I suck as hard. I give it just a cave and you pause for a moment and I'm slaying. Then realizing I'm circumcising, I'm a sugar boy, so don't be trying. They won't be talking. I don't finagle. I'll put your hole in a chest like a bagel. Don't cross my path. I don't got rational. I myth more meat than Hebrew national. That's right. I'm rich, Jewish, and loco. I'll kick your ass twice and play, play, go play polo. So, I'm, man, don't even tell me, Mr. Man, I rap so fast, I give the mic a blister. So if you roll them in my neighborhood, you better not yield, because I'm dropping more bombs in Jerry Seinfeld. Don't question my power. I got lots of, I'll put you two times in a test and one in the matzah. That's all I can remember there. 
That was that was that was good. I enjoyed that. That was an old that's from the movie Love Hollywood Style, but that was a long time ago. But yeah, you know, I'll probably be one of those stand-up guys. You know, when I my business is all done, I'll be like an old fart in my seventies, and I'll probably go up on stage and be like, "Who the fuck is that old guy?" Like, I don't know. Mike, he just comes up here. He just goes up. I have faith that one day you will be funny. Yeah, yeah. One day, (laughs) one of these days. Yeah, yeah, this has been great. This has been a real pick me up. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad I inspired you. I I, th- I hope I you just keep doing you your thing. You should go train with Tony Robbins. Yeah, I I'll reach out to him. I'll be like, you want to talk to me? Yeah. Uh, shout out your stuff. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out uh, some inspirational stories by people that have overcome large obstacles to find success, go to longshotleaders.com and you can uh, check out my podcast there. All right. You heard him. What are you waiting for? Just go check it out. Longshotleaders.com podcast. Spotify, everywhere. You don't have to be old. You could be like, you know, uh, 18. That's all you need to be is 18 because there's a lot of swearing boys and girls. Right, right. And thank you for listening to this episode. Following Ray Jordan Mode on YouTube, Instagram, everywhere, whatever. And see you next time.